Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegian Spotlight is Erin McCarthy. Erin is a three-time member of Team USA. She is the 2017 Team USA Team Trials Champion. She bowled collegiately at Midland and Nebraska. She finished ninth in the 2014 USBC Queens and 10th in the 2012 U.S. Women's Open. Erin, want to thank you for joining myself and Coach Casey of Clemkin today. Thanks for having me. All right, Aaron. Well, this uh, you just finished up bowling the uh, Team USA Trials, where you uh, you won. <laughs> so, well, thought it'd be great yeah. to get get you on. You were the champion. Talk about just the grind for someone who's never bowled an event like that, where you're bowling, you know, five different days, five different patterns, and uh, you know, you basically at the end of the end of the tournament, it's the person who scores the best is the is the you know is the automatic you know the, the champion and the person who's automatically selected to Team USA. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a difficult week. It's uh, mentally draining as well as physically draining. Like you said, it's five different days, five different patterns. Um, so you're obviously going to have some not-so-great games and some great games in there. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not you can bounce back from some of those um, bad games or some of those bad shots. You know, they're bound to happen. Um, I had a couple not-so-great games, but also some pretty good games. I really focused on my mental game before coming into this week just because I knew what type of grind it would be. Um, you know, it's a long, long format. It's definitely not a sprint by any means. So I think staying in the moment um, really helped me succeed this week. I think that was my biggest key, just uh, focusing on one shot at a time, not getting too down on myself and not really uh, looking too far ahead. So how did you maybe dig into that a little bit deeper? How did you uh, how did you do that? You said the mental game. I think a lot of people maybe want to work on their on their mental game, but don't know how to go about it. How did you go about that? Um, I actually, um, it's funny cause I had only read one mental game book probably in my entire life and it's called the mind gym. Um, but a couple, probably two, three months ago, I was really struggling trying to get out of kind of a, a slump if you want to call it that. Um, but I actually did some research online and talked to some friends, um, and actually recommended a couple of books. So I went ahead and ordered like five or six different books and I just started reading those every night before I went to bed. I, I travel with them now. I even took it with me to Vegas. Mm. And I read before bed every night. And I kind of just tried to fix it in the bowling. And not, not only bowling, but you can just use it in life in general. So I think that's really helped me stay focused on the task at hand. Yeah, you mentioned that heading into the – you had been working on some things. You are very open on Facebook. You had noted you know, that you were working on some things with regarding your swing since the uh, U.S. Women's Open and such. So what do you think – as far as you worked on your mental game, but what from your physical game were you trying to work on and, and uh, kind of fine tune a little bit as well heading into Vegas? Yeah. Um, I mean, the women's US open in August, I didn't really perform well. And I think that's when things started to kind of go downhill. I developed almost a, a hitch in my swing. I know my swing has never been perfectly straight by any means in comparison to other players, but um, I just noticed that mine was going, it was actually kind of going away from my body on the outside of my head at the top of my swing. So it was creating a lot of inconsistencies for me as far as ball roll, speed, just even hitting the same target on the lane. So I really um, tried to focus on that. You know, I tried to ask some other um, 
elite players some friends to try and help me with it. Obviously it's a little bit difficult living in Nebraska. There's not a whole lot of people around me that I um, can be coached with or work with practice with necessarily. So I actually took um, like a selfie stick and I would hook my phone up to it and just videotape myself. Um, for me, I can feel if something is going wrong, but I can't necessarily pinpoint where it's at or fix it unless I can see it. So I, I ended up doing just practice swing after practice swing after practice swing, you know, followed by shots to try and get it a little bit more in line before this event. Um, it's a lot better than what it was, but it's not quite where I want it to be. But obviously, it did the trick for this week, having some things fall in place for me. Yeah, you you couldn't have finished any higher. That's for sure, right? You're, yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere to go when you're number one, right? There's nowhere to, nowhere to yeah. go up from there. But it sounds like almost like a cool little coaching device. Maybe even you you've kind of developed that maybe might be of interest to other bowlers who are looking, you know, to maybe uh, get, get some, uh, you know, kind of record themselves. Because you're right, you kind of touched on that. It's uh, I think a lot of times what you feel in bowling is is really different than what it actually is or what it looks like, right? Correct. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I didn't have, I'm sure people have a tripod and all that type of stuff, but I just used what I had and made it work. So So going back to your collegiate bowling at the University of Nebraska first in 2009, when you were on the NCAA Women's Championship team, what sticks out about bowling on that team? I mean, I looked it up and, and saw some of, it looks like you guys were a pretty young team of freshmen and sophomores on the on the team. So what kind of what sticks out or what do you remember and then how much you still keep in touch with a lot of the ladies out there? Yeah. I mean, um, that particular year, actually that particular team in general, when I was there, my freshman year, um, I don't know if it was because we were so young or maybe because we were from all different places, but we meshed really well on and off the lanes. Um, you know, a lot of us lived with each other and sometimes it's not always a great idea to live with friends or teammates, but it actually ended up working out quite well. I think we just bonded well together. And um, a lot of those players, there was a couple of international players who had you know, good resumes even before coming into that Nebraska program. And Coach Job seems to always attract um, some of the better bowlers and even some of the not so great bowlers end up you know, coming out of that program as elite players. So I think there's just something about the school in general. You know, I was only there for um, a year, year and a half. But that's, you know, not to say that that program isn't great in itself. Obviously, it's great since so many Nebraska players have um, made Team USA and have had success out on the tour and um, just all the all of that in general. I think he just has a good program that people can go through. Yeah, we've actually had uh, Coach Straub on here a um, couple of times uh, on our uh, Collegiate Spotlight podcast on this one. And, uh, and he's definitely, you know, he has definitely some pretty certain philosophy, you know, his ideas or premises on what he thinks are critical to team success. He seems like he's, uh, has a kind of like a specific plan, uh, for what he thinks is, you know, is necessary to succeed. Is that, did you get that feeling as well? Or what do you think, uh, you know, what, what was the biggest influencer on you as far as uh, being part of the university of Nebraska program there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Um, at Nebraska, just because it's not only a great bowling school, but it's because it's an NCAA school, they have a very rigorous um, practice schedule as well as academic schedule. So you really have to find the balance between mm -hmm. those two. Um, but when you enter the program, you know, he's teaching you the basic foundations of the game. So, I mean, that's going to be kind of similar for every single person. It's just whether or not, um, you know, they can adapt and adjust and just get better with the tools that they're given there. So I think it's the tools that they give the the players that really make them successful in college and then, you know, following college. 
Yeah, and then do you mind talking about your time then in 2012? You ended up bowling at Midland, and you guys finished. You guys were runner-up in the intercollegiate team championship. So do you mind talking about that team? And, um, and not really comparing and contrasting the differences, but just kind of what, how you were able to take your experiences at Nebraska and then ultimately you know, parlay that into a, a second-place finish uh, at Midland. Yeah, um, I mean, Midland was quite different from Nebraska in just the sense that it's two completely different programs, two different coaches and whatnot. But that particular team that we had, um, again, we kind of had a special bond with each other. Um, the original school that we were supposed to all transfer into was actually Dana College. And Dana up and closed um, in the middle of the summer, and we had no nowhere to go at the time. And the president of Midland University actually told us that we could all attend um, his school in Fremont, Nebraska, which was just 20 minutes up the road. So we all kind of just bonded together because we didn't really have anyone else. And most of us were transfers from other universities who just wanted a different start in college. So we kind of had that going for us. Um, It's not like none of us were really newbies to the sport of bowling. So I think that in its sense kind of propelled us through that entire season and, uh, the coach was obviously a, a previous college coach, so that kind of helped us as well. We had a kind of a special relationship with him because he's from the Omaha area, so he's kind of seen us, you know, growing up and whatnot. And we've all kind of been around each other for several years. So, in general, then, how important, you know, if somebody wants to be a, a high-level competitive player, you know, become a PWBA uh, tour member, um, has a goal maybe of winning the Team USA trials. How important is it to participate? Uh, in college, as far as the, the preparation and knowledge and experience gained, is that is that something you would you'd really push and, and promote? Yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, college bowling and just you know getting your college degree in general is something that I would absolutely push. I'd say that should be every um, player's number one goal if they want to make it to the top. I don't know very many elite players that didn't start. Um, throughout the college ranks and kind of work their way up. It teaches you a a different aspect of the game. You know, you can learn your fundamentals and whatnot um, from the coaches there, but you get to really learn what teamwork is about. Obviously, Team USA, teamwork's important, the camaraderie that you have. You can just learn from other players throughout college bowling and really develop different skills that you might not necessarily be able to do in an individual setting. Um, You go through different lane transitions, different ball choices. You're limited to ball choices, actually, in college bowling. So that's something different than when you're out on tour. So I think really getting the the basic foundations when you're with a team and have people to, to lean on and to learn from that can really help you um, after you get out of college, which is actually a completely different atmosphere. Aaron, what advice do you have for someone who maybe they finished with school and someone like yourself, you, you know, you work and you work kind of longer shifts and you might not be able to bowl league. Like some, you know, some people just have jobs that don't allow them to bowl a league or a league that a competitive league or any sort of league. How are you able to stay sharp, you know, on the lane so that when you go out and bowl events, I mean, you got, we got to get good practice and it's not just going and seeing how many strikes you can throw in practice. It's actually working on things. But how do you, how are you able to do that? And what tips you have for other folks out there who might be in the same shoes as you? Um, yeah, I, so I'm currently part of a league if you want to call it that I kind of sub periodically just because of my work and my travel schedule Um, but actually what I do is I work nights so you know practicing during the day doesn't always happen but I'll try to fit in like maybe a 45 minute to an hour practice session before I go into work it's not really about the quantity of time that you practice kind of like what you mentioned it's more of the quality 
So, you know, shooting spares, um, it doesn't even matter if there's a sport pattern out or if there's just a house shot or it's a burned up house shot. I just try to really focus on the physical aspects of the game. So, like I said, bringing my camera to the bowling center, if I can get a couple of good shots on there and a couple of bad ones that I can compare back and forth, and I've had a pretty successful practice session. So I just fit it in wherever I can fit it in at, whether it's, you know, in the morning, afternoon, or late at night, you know, 30, 45 minutes is better than, you know, a three hour practice session that really had no quality to it. And you really didn't get anywhere. That's, that's a good point. There's a, t- a lot of times that, you know, people will look at practice sessions and, you know, there's some people that I know that used to benefit from, you know, if they go bowl for 20 minutes or so, but they do it five or six days a week, that that would be much more effective than a, say, a two-hour practice session once a week. Yeah, I completely agree. What's the best piece of advice, Aaron, that you ever received? You've had a lot of coaching, a lot of experience here. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received in your career? Um, I would say try smarter, not harder. I've heard that saying, I heard it from a coach that I had in high school once, but then I heard it a couple more times afterwards, just because when you're in a tournament setting or even in practice, if you're trying to do something harder and harder and harder and putting more effort into it, that, that might not ne- necessarily be the solution. You might need to just think outside of the box and think about what you can do to make it easier on yourself so that you don't have to try as hard. I mean, because the harder you try in a tournament setting, if you try to strike more, you're probably going to tr- strike less. That's kind of an oxymoron, but that's kind of how I look at it. All right, Aaron, and then... I just got my I'm on the you know PBay PWBA blast list. I just got my email. What what's the future hold for you as far as the events you're going to try to bowl this upcoming year? Um, I'm going to try to. I want to try to bowl all of them. I'll have to miss one for sure. Um, the California stops make it a little bit difficult just flying you know back and forth since it's on the coast. But I think they did a pretty good job of uh, spreading it out again. Hopefully they can. I'll spread it out even more in future years. Um, hopefully this isn't the end of the PWA Tour. Hopefully it's just the beginning. But uh, I think they've done a really good job of promoting the PWA Tour and all the sponsorships that we've received. I think the support is uh, astounding. And final question that I have for you, Aaron, is, you know, we do have a lot of younger listeners who listen to the podcast. And, uh, you know, one of the common questions that we get is, you know, how do I find uh, the right school for me? How do I pick the right school? What would you, what would you tell them? Um, I try to, I I actually didn't know about college bowling until my senior year of high school. And I I know it's grown quite a bit since then, but I try to find other bowlers, um, that are, you know, that are maybe older than them or know a little bit more about the game, uh, just to kind of point you in the different directions on what they might have to offer. Um, otherwise obviously the internet can be a good tool. You can research some of the programs there, but just kind of by word of mouth and junior gold, I know the collegiate programs, go out to there and they have booths set up. But I, I would say talk to, you know, the older bowlers in your center or even coaches. Uh, they can probably direct you in the right direction, at least where to get started and whatnot. Well, Aaron, hey, I want to thank you for joining us uh, after your, your big victory last week out in Las Vegas. And all the best of luck, uh, continued success on the PWBA Tour. Thank you. I appreciate it.